look it up yourself later if I mention a verse, okay? So, um, you know, why do you want to know about Jewish people anyway? We kind of start, well, you know, there are over 2,000 references to Jewish people in Scripture. And um, if you look at your Bible, the whole thing, 75% um, or three-fourths of it is the history of Israel from beginning to end. You know, most people don't think of their Bible as a history book of the Jewish people, but it really is. Um, you know, and a lot of people have one of two problems when it comes to Jewish people. One is they think, um, you know, they think too much of Jewish people or too little. But you need to have a good understanding of what Jewish people are and the role that they play in God's sovereign plan. Um, if we're going to evangelize, that's another thing I'm going to talk about, is what happens when Jewish people come to believe. Uh, I have the text of an interview that Jacques Isaac had sort of with uh, some rabbis in Montreal when um, they invited him to come. And, um, you know, the most usual consequence and what we see happening more and more when people, you know, interact with Jewish people is they hate us um, or they overestimate us. You know, they put us on a pedestal and uh, think that we're a super race or something, but if there's anything extraordinary about the Jewish people, it's the extraordinary God who's behind them. Right? Yes. Um, because over 200 times in the Bible, God is called the God of Israel. And when you read the Bible, you read about you know Hittites and Amorites and Hivites and Jebusites, and what have you met one of them? You know, I met some pretty weird people at the Polynesian Cultural <laughs> I met some kind of ite. I'm not sure what they all were, but anyway, they were they were ite-ish. You know, I felt I met the prophets of Baal head on. Um, very otherworldly. Suspension of reality. I was in a whole different world. Um, but we do have pure Israelites, and that is an indication of God's preservation for their future. So the least we can say is that Jewish people are peculiar or special people. Um, they're a small group, about uh, actually less than 1% of the world's population. But yes, they have won, for instance, 20% uh, of the Nobel Prizes. So kind of different, right? Um, there are about 15 million Jewish people in a world that I think is up to 7 billion now. Um, and, uh, you know, the Chinese people are just as old as the Jewish people, as are the people from the uh, country of India. But they're over a billion each, and we are 15 million, about. Um, and so the people say there's a conspiracy there, you know, with all these Nobel Prizes and all these different things. They're just here to take over the world, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit today about what is a Jew, and um, you know how can they survive through all this persecution. You know, Mark Twain. Uh, I am from the state that Mark Twain is from, which I call Missouri. You probably call Missouri. Who knows? Um, but he said that everything that a Jew has done, he has done it with his hands tied behind him. And uh, he also said, "It's not what I." Uh, don't get about the Bible that bothers me, it's what I do understand. So he was right. Um, and we want to know how we can bring them the Word of God. So first of all, what is a Jew? Well, two Jews, three opinions, right? That's the old way. And so uh, when they had the Law of Return in 1950, a couple of years after Israel was founded, 
you know, they couldn't figure out how to decide who a Jew was, and you know, they said, well, if your mother's a Jew, and others would say, well, it's your father, or well, maybe one or the other, and now you, the uh, latest law that they've passed is that you have the right of return if you have one single grandparent. You can be Muslim, you can be Buddhist, you can be atheist, but you cannot believe in Jesus. That is verboten, that is forbidden. Uh, so if you believe in the God of Israel, as he manifests himself in the Hebrew scriptures in three persons, which I can easily show you uh, outside our group time, I'll do that, um, then you're not allowed in. They close the door. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Jenny, who I met my first year at Camp Shoshana, and you know how, well, a lot of you, how many of you know somebody who's in the military? I should see a lot of hands here. Okay, good, good, all right, there you go. Now, you know that when a soldier is captured, they are told they're allowed to give their name, rank, and serial number, right? That's it. Well, um, this friend Jenny, when she was being interrogated by the Ministry of the Interior in Israel, and she's a Jewish believer like me, and they'd say, do you believe in Jesus? And she'd say, I am of the Jewish faith. And they'd say, are you a Christian? And she'd say, I am of the Jewish faith. And she, they'd say, do you go to a Messianic congregation? I am of the Jewish faith. And that's all she said. <laughs> and she got in. I think it might be tougher now. That was about 12, 13 years ago. Um, of course, in, we, we're not going to look at the scriptures today, but that's how we find out who a Jew is, right? Um, basically, a Jew is somebody who is born of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I talk to little bitty kiddies, you know, I say, now, what's your grandpa's name? And they'll tell me, well, his name is John. Or his name is uh, Jimmy. And I'll say, well, my grandpa's name was Jacob, which is true. And uh, in fact, I was supposed to be named after him, Yaakov, but the plumbing didn't come out right. So uh, I got a different name. But anyway, um, and I said, but if my great, 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 great name about 35 greats, so they're about to fall off their chair. And I say, great, 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 great grandpa's name was Jacob, and his daddy's name was Isaac, and his daddy's name was Abraham. And then their eyes pop clean out of their heads. You know? <laughs> um, so that's the way I explain to kids what a Jew is. Um, but uh, it comes back to the word Yehudi, uh, a term which uh, applied to the members of the tribe of Judah. Leah had uh, different sons, and she was hoping to please her hubby, um, but uh, uh, Jacob, but uh, he wasn't buying. But anyway, when she came out with her, when her fourth son came out, she said, praise, he's gonna praise me finally, and she named her son Judah, Yehudah. And uh, it also applies to remember after the kingdom was divided, um, that uh, there was Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Now I gave you the trick on how to remember that, right? Didn't I? Okay. Remember when, now, I didn't grow up in church, really, okay? I grew up in synagogue. But um, they say that if you're in Sunday school and you're a kid, if you don't know the answer in Sunday school, just raise your hand and say, Jesus, you know, and usually get it right, you know, so at least half the time. So um, think of your J for Jesus, okay, and um, make a big J, or you can make a J for Jew if you want to, okay? And then remember, it's a divided kingdom, so you got to chop it in half separate them. What do you get? An I, Israel in the north, and you get Judah in the south. 
now you're never going to forget. Okay, so there you go. Um, and so the Judeans were in the south. And so sometimes it, it says that Jesus didn't walk in Judea because he was afraid of the Jews. Well, that doesn't mean all the Jews. He was in Galilee where there are lots of Jews, only Jews. Well, not only, but a lot. So it doesn't mean all Jews. It meant just those in the south. And then later it said, well, the Jews were trying to kill him. And, well, weren't they all Jews in that story? Yeah, they were. So can anybody decide that to have the authority to kill somebody? No, it was only the Jewish leadership. So sometimes when it says Jews in the New Testament, it means the Judeans in the south. Sometimes it just means Jewish leadership. So remember that. Because Jewish people, they, you know, think, oh, well, you know, they're out to get us. Um, you know, they, they just blackball all of us. Um, and um, so, you know, the gospel is accused of being anti-Semitic. In fact, I was taught that the New Testament was a book on how to slaughter Jews. I mean, why else do they do it? You know, why else did we have the Crusades, the Inquisition, the Holocaust, Pittsburgh, last October now is added to my list. Um, they all claim, you know, he said all the Jews had to die to die in Pittsburgh. So that's it. Um, but remember, um, they are all Jews, and Jew means praise. Okay. So um, what exactly happened to the Jewish people? Here's a little history lesson. Abraham is the first Jew, um, and even though he had Ham in his name, that's okay, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was something when they had this this pig out of a pit at the Luau. Like, holy cow, you know, pig, whatever. I mean, it was like, holy pig. I don't know. I just, I'd taken some of the Luau pork or whatever they call it, you know, at the buffet, but once it had the head and tail and everything, like, I can't touch that. My whole Jewish blood went, I can't do that. Anyway, so Abraham. Um, went to, uh, was called to go, go to the Promised Land in about 2000 um, BC, and who did he find? Yasser, Arif oh no, he didn't find him there. No, he found Canaanites, right? Canaanites, yeah, Yasser, Arafat wasn't there. Um, they weren't Palestinians, um, and then Abraham's descendants went to Egypt for 400 years, and the Exodus, the Jewish people were born as a nation, they go back to their land, and Israelites uh, were there for about a thousand years, and um, the northern kingdom was captured by Assyria, southern kingdom Babylon, and then other people came in. Now, mind you, when the Jewish people first crossed over the Jordan River, history shows us that uh, with Joshua, there were always Jewish people living in the land of Israel. Despite the deportations by the Assyrians, Babylon, there were always Jewish people left in the land because they didn't want the land to go bad. You know, if you leave your house for two years, your grass is going to grow like crazy. And man, if you live in, uh, in Hawaii anyway, you could have whole new yards. I mean, things grow like crazy there. You throw your garbage out and it grows the next week. You know? So anyway, um, you can't just leave the ground with nobody. So even those invaders left some people there to take care of the land. So we never left, really. And um, But other peoples did come in, some Arabs, and um, of course, you know, the Jewish people were in Persia, or modern-day Iran, in the story of Esther. And um, some of them came back, some of them stayed. And then, um, you know, 
Persia after Persia comes, you know, um, you know, we've got Greece and we've got Greeks and Egypt and finally Rome, and then Jesus is born. And uh, you know, the Romans decided to try to make the Jewish people forget the name Israel, so they gave it a new name. They gave it basically the name Palestine, and that place was conquered by Persians and Muslims and Crusaders and. Asiatic Mongols, and then there was an Ottoman Turk Empire all the way till World War One. Then they kind of all sliced and diced up the land of the world and said, okay, England, you get that, France, you get that, and everything. So Britain got it under the uh, League of Nations mandate. And at that time, there were half a million Arabs, and guess how many Jews in 1917? Uh, there were 25,000. 25,000. I bet there are 25,000 Jews in Hawaii. I don't know. How many Jews? Did anybody know? Maybe like 10,000. Yeah. 10,000? Okay, well. That's more than we had before. More than we had before. There you go. And then in 1948, of course, the Jewish people went back to land, and now we have over 6 million, and the country that has the most Jews in it is now Israel. Um, but where are the rest? You know, um, if they're 15 minus 6, okay, um, most of them are outside the land than inside. You've got 9 million out and 6 million in. So we're still in diaspora, and that's why I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> so um, if you want to know why, though, um, you'll have to look it up later when you go home, but Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 tell us that when there's disobedience, we are kicked out. We're chased from country to country to country to country. That's where the expression the wandering Jew comes from. We had to wander. It wasn't the plan, all right? It was, you know. And, and now, and since um, 1948, you know, uh, Jewish people are basically in disbelief. And, you know, I think I, I read that 43%, obviously, they could be off. 43% of the Jews in Israel are atheists, no God at all, or agnostic, I don't know, okay? So um, that regathering and unbelief is happening, and um, it, it says that there is going, it, it was going to happen, if you look at Ezekiel 20, um, after, um, you know, this wrath had been poured out on the people. Well, what happened just before 1948? Well, World War II and the fires of the Holocaust, out of the fires, the state of Israel was born. And now that this you know, gathering has taken place, God's gonna enter into judgment with his people, the tribulation judgments. And um, eventually those people who refuse to believe are going to be purged out. And then there's gonna be a whole new nation, a regenerated nation that's gonna enter the Messianic kingdom under King Messiah. That's gonna be a second regathering in faith um, so um, the birth of the state of Israel in 1948 marked another event of like end times prophecy and um, that restoration of the Jewish state is a fulfillment of those prophecies that talk about a regathering in unbelief. We are basically in unbelief right now and it's setting the stage for other pre-tribulational events which I will not touch on but um, again if you want to know more about those things the footsteps of the Messiah in the book. Um, and, um, you know, with World War I and World War II, it was like the Jews need a place to go. 
So that's where Zionism was born. Zionism is the idea that Jewish people have a right to a place of their own, where they're not persecuted. Now, of course, if you're a Jewish believer, you're still persecuted in Israel. Um, but they don't seem to realize that. They don't call us Jews anymore. That's how they get out of it. Um, but um, World Wars I and II were like one of the events leading up to the pre-tribulational events. And uh, right now the stage is being set for the end times, especially with the world powers in Europe. Uh, Russia became a world power in the world wars, and it's been getting ever stronger. I, I just read this morning on the internet that uh, the Russians killed almost a million people in Ukraine, a, a, million, a million Jews, 800,000 Jews in Ukraine. They were supposed to be you know, on our side, sort of, right? You know, with the allies and everything, but no, they uh, murdered almost a million Jews just themselves, the Russians do. Um, and there's a, a lot of anti-Semitism on the rise. Uh, Sharon Gabizal, my director's wife, wrote a, a brochure that I brought last week, I don't think I brought any this week, Why the Rise in Anti-Semitism. It's one that we used to give out when we went door to door and would, um, uh, share, you know, uh, the Old and New Testament with uh, Jewish people, and um, but she wrote it like, my goodness, 14 years ago, and it's only been getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And um, how did this? How many of you saw the movie Perfect Storm? You know, all the conditions are right, for, you know, that this terrible storm, and now all the conditions are basically right for worldwide anti-Semitism. Um, You've got Muslim immigrants in Europe, whether it's the 800,000 in Germany, or I don't have the statistics for the other countries. Um, and then you've got the uh, white ultra-nationalists like Marine Le Pen, you know, in France and other um, countries. And it's interesting because they wouldn't usually get along, the Muslims and the ultra-right, but they both have the same goal of getting rid of the Jews. So. They're like when the Pharisees and the Sadducees would get together, usually against Jesus. When you saw them together, you knew something was up because they weren't friends. Um, but um, now they are both on the same side in terms of being anti-Jewish. Um, and around the year 2000 is what some experts say. Um, we see, we saw started seeing more hate crimes and um, hate speech in Europe, uh, in Western Europe. And uh, several French synagogues were burned down by Muslims uh, because of Israel's um, uh, defense, defending themselves against Palestinians during the Second Intifada. And that was what some people, in fact, somebody who used to work with Ariel Ministries, he now does a column called The New Anti-Semitism. Uh, his name is Olivier Melnick. And um, several people have written books about the new anti-Semitism. And um, Jewish people in general are targeted as agents of Israel, or you know they think Jewish people are abusing people, so we're just going to kill them all. Um, you know, uh, again, uh, Jean, Jean Marie Le Pen, who yeah, who uh, took his far right party in France to the second round of the presidential elections, and um, you know it used to be taboo to be anti-Semitic in Europe following World War II, and now it's like all bets are off. It's free, it's open season on, on Jews. Um, especially in the last four years, anti-Semitism has like mutated again, and it's gone back to its 
20th century, like the 1900s, the economics of things. You know, um, the uh, Treaty of the Elders of Zion was something that Henry Ford put a lot of his money behind. And it was something that said, oh, the Jews are out to uh, take over the planet and they control all the banks and they have this conspiracy plan to take over, you know, everything. And um, so uh, the people who are anti-Jewish now don't exactly share the same politics. I mean, the Muslims want to see Sharia law, right? And the ultra-right wants something else. So it's not that politically they're on the same page, but they both hate Jewish people. And um, for instance, you saw for uh, on the news, I'm sure, the yellow vest protest, very visible, the yellow vests, you know. Um, and uh, they, it, 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 it moved from just being a fringe thing um, into mainstream. And they say the Jews are responsible for our economic problems. They started by blaming Macron, the uh, prime minister, but then they said, oh, he's, pardon me, the word, but they said he's a whore, a prostitute of the Jews. You know, he's just doing the bidding of the Jews. Um, they said the Jews are to blame for why we have a bad economy. And um, so now you have, and then you have in the, the Labor Party in Britain, uh, led by Jeremy Corbyn, and he says the same thing. They said Israel and Zionists, um, you know, uh, they say Jewish power um, is, you know, out to take over the world. And um, like I said, here you have strange people together. You've got neo Nazis and Muslims, jihadists, in bed together. You know, usually that really wouldn't happen. Um, you know, there was um, somebody who represented the Labor Council in um, in England, and he was suspended a, a couple of years ago for putting on Facebook a picture of a uh, an Israeli soldier with a hook nose, and his mouth and hands are covered with blood. And it said, Israel was created by the Rothschilds, not God. You know, and what they're doing to the Palestinian people is exactly what they intend for the whole planet. Crazy, crazy. Um, in Spain, pick another country. Um, you've got a far left party now. You've got, you know, Jean-Marie Le Pen on the right in France. You've got a left liberal in Spain, and he has hosted a lot of guests who say, oh, uh, the Jewish people control Wall Street, the stock market. They're just out to control everything. Um, anyway, it, it's just, uh, Western Europe has 1.3 million Jews now. The country that has the most is France. And uh, these yellow vest demonstrations are um, really gaining steam. Um, There was a, a Jewish uh, man who was saying he was siding with the yellow vest, but he was Jewish. So they said, uh-uh, we don't want you. And they were yelling at him, go to Tel Aviv, you dirty Zionist. Um, and he was on their side, but just because he's a Jew. And um, what's different now? Well, there's this, this new development in the sense that you've got the far right and the Muslims who are saying the same thing. That would have been unthinkable in France before 2015. Um, uh, I forgot his first name. Uh, Weitzman 
Uh, Mark Weisman is a French author and a journalist. He's Jewish, and he said, um, terror has freed a general violence. Because there's been terror, now everybody's free to be violent, basically. You've always had the sentiment just under the surface, and now it's coming out as a result of the political uh, collapse of the, the center. You've got left and you've got right, and not much center in, uh, in Europe. So, um, anyway, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the, the, the labor leader, who might even be the next prime minister of England, he, uh, there was a, a painting in London, and it showed Jewish bankers who were playing Monopoly on the backs of black people. He's the labor leader. He could be prime minister of England. Um, it just reminds us of the 1930s, really, of what's going on. The Hungarian prime minister, Viktor Orban, said that his government, and he said this just like a few months ago, um, that his government was fighting an enemy that's not open, but it's hiding. They're not straightforward, they're crafty. They're not honest, but they're base. They're not national, but international. They don't believe in working, but they speculate with money. They don't have their own homeland, but they feel like they own the whole world. <laughs> he said that a few months ago. That's Hungary. Donald Trump has, um, you know, complained, and rightly so, about globalists. And yet, some people who's, uh, will say, well, the globalists are Jews, so we need to be anti-Jew. Not because Trump is anti-Jew at all. But if they're anti-globalists, and globalists equals Jews, and they become anti-Jew. Now, what about the United States? Um, the Anti-Defamation League um, in, 19, in 2017, I don't have the numbers from yet last year, but they uh, logged a 57% rise, 57% rise in anti-Semitic incidents, uh, bomb threats, assaults, vandalism, anti-Semitic posters, my grandparents' cemetery was desecrated in St. Louis. And then you have that gunman in October who storms into the synagogue in Pittsburgh and says all Jews must die because the Gospel of John says that you're children of the devil. Okay, what did you supposed to believe? So that's the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. Um, so I'll tell you, uh, in 2017, in, in um, Germany, uh, anti-Semitism up 10%. Uh, France up, get this, 74% more anti-Semitism in 2017. The United Kingdom, 16%. All these are records. I'm not, gonna, I'm not giving you all the little thousands of numbers, but they're all records. They're all setting records. Why, and even though these governments have put into place some things to control it, they think, why, do, why doesn't it work? Well, the number one reason I really can't give you, it's a spiritual one, it has to be scripture, I'd let my brother David to tell you about that, it's because of the end of what would happen to uh, the Antichrist and Satan, basically, and, and the eternal state, but uh, if he can stop the Jews from believing, then he doesn't end up in the lake of fire, basically, but... Um, you know, Germany's done this, Britain has spent money, why? Um, well, you see, if you see the government spending money to stop anti-Semitism, those who aren't government say, see, it's the Jews, 
that are spending the money in government. So it just fuels more anti-Semitism when the governments try to stop it. So um, anyway, it's uh, so let's do a little poll. Uh, you don't have to answer this, but this is some of what has contributed to these attacks. How many of you think, you don't have to raise your hand, you think, well, Jews know the Old Testament. Well, let me tell you, when I was on Kauai uh, two years ago, I met with the Chabad rabbi in Princeville, and I was speaking the scriptures with him, and he said, I can't answer you with scripture. I don't know the scriptures. He's the most religious man, religious Jewish man on the entire island, and he admitted he didn't know the scriptures. So don't think you can't witness to Jewish people, you can. Yes, brother. Michael? No, it's not in Lahui, it's in Princeville on the North Shore. Oh, well, well, this guy's name is Michoel. Another one is they say that all Jews are rich. Okay, um, I came from a poor family. Uh, in fact, I was telling somebody today, our walls were not made of cheap rock inside the house. They were um, just veneer wood, thin wood. We didn't have solid walls in our house. Um, of the Jewish people living in Israel, three quarters of a million children, not counting parents, so if you count one parent per child, which obviously that's too low, it would be 1.5 million live below the poverty line. It's probably closer to two and a half million live below the poverty line. That's true, Jews do help each other. Um, but another one, the Jews killed Jesus. All right, let's get some answers from you. Who killed Jesus? One answer, raise your hand, anybody know? Yes? All of us. <laughs> All of us, that's one answer, yeah. Another one? The Romans did. The Romans did, who else? High priests. High priests? Father? Satan. Satan, no. That's one answer that doesn't, that's not true. Satan did not. Who else? Yeah? I use a sacrifice to replace Yitzhak. A sacrifice, well, to replace Yitzhak. Well, Yeshua gave himself. He said, nobody takes my life. So everybody's responsible. And I've said to some people who say, you know, well, Jesus, or the Jews killed Jesus. And I'd say, where would you be? If Jesus didn't die, you would be in your sins on your way to hell, right? <laughs> One way trip. One way trip. Um, does anybody know what isogesis means? $4,000 worth. Okay. Read into something that you've got in your mind. So exegesis of the Bible is looking at what's in the Bible, in the verse, and then taking it apart and teaching it. You're teaching it exegetically. Isogesis is, I know God hates the Jews, so I'm going to make my Bible say that. This is the main reason that Jewish people are not, for the most part, in the church today. Because people came at the Bible with that idea. God must hate the Jews, obviously. So starting in the year 200, and I won't go through all history because we'll be here all night, but I tell people the origin of the uh, of replacement theology of saying, well, the Jews aren't in the covenants anymore, the church replaced Israel. Um, the origin is with a man named Origen. So that's tough to remember, but anyway, you can manage. So, um, 
Origen said you don't take the Bible literally. You know, God loves the Jews too much, so we gotta change what Jew means in the church. So that started back in the year 200, and then you have someone named Augustine or Augustine, who, or Saint Augustine, they'd say in Quebec, who made a whole um, theology, a whole series of doctrines about God, and then Constantine wrote it in stone in, a, in four or five hundred, and um, you know, Jews just couldn't, weren't allowed in. And so um, I'm gonna end with uh, some things that Jacques uh, Isaac um, ran into when he met in a synagogue. And the rabbis, he was asked to go there like a year and a half ago, and they said, if Jesus is really the Messiah, how come the rabbis didn't believe in him? You ever hear that one? I sure did. And the belief is that the rabbis have the final word. They are the representatives of Israel. But remember, um, all the prophets of God, they were all given great positions of honor, right? All the prophets of God, oh, they were all killed. Um, and, you know, the religious authority was often corrupt also. So, you know, um, remember Elijah said, I'm all alone. <laughs> he thought he was the only good guy left. Uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah were stoned to death. Isaiah was sawn in half, probably, in a hollow log. You know, they didn't treat the prophets so well. Um, so, uh, how come Jesus didn't bring peace on the earth? I hear that one all the time. Well, you have to go to uh, some prophecies in Zechariah and, and Daniel and find out that there, you know, are all, uh, in Isaiah 53, talks about the Messiah being rejected, and that there were two comings. And um, of course, when we go door to door, we find a lot of Jewish people go, oh no, there are two Messiahs. Did you hear that one? You heard that one before, two Messiahs. You know, he's, there's the, the suffering one that we call son of Joseph, not of Joseph and Mary fame, but Joseph like son of um, Jacob fame. And the other one is son of David. So um, they say one's gonna be killed in the war of God and Magog, and then the other one, were, you know, resurrects him, and anyway. Um, and then people bring up all the anti-Semitism. When I became a believer, I was told by my father, you're like Hitler. <laughs> Hitler killed Jewish bodies, you're killing Jewish minds. Um, Sharon Gabizon was told, you are the one respond, your thinking is the what put Jewish bodies in the ovens in the crematoria. As a Jewish believer, she was taught that. Jacques and Sharon had 666 painted on the door of their house wow. by anti-missionaries. Wow. Uh, Sharon's parents owned their upstairs apartment where they were living, and you know the Ten Commandments, right? And you'd have a mezuzah on the door, and uh, it doesn't contain the Ten Commandments really, but they wrote, they had access to the place it was there, they owned it. They went upstairs when Jack and Sharon were gone, and they wrote under each mezuzah, thou shalt hate thy parents. On each of the mezuzah um, in the house. And so what Jacques said is not everybody who says there's a, they're a Christian really is, right? Remember Jesus said all those people are gonna say, Lord, Lord, and you know, they did all this stuff. Not everybody who says they're a Christian really is, and so that's why we have this anti-Semitism. Um, 
one last one. Where was God in the Holocaust? We hear that one a lot. Jack said I could quote this verse. Um, he said, I told them that God was suffering as well. I told them, Isaiah 63, 9 says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. He was not the cause of the problem. He suffered, and that's why he sent his son. So to summarize, we see the origins of the Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, I can't go into the Abraham Covenant, but I have a piece of literature here that will do it for you. No nation is ever going to succeed in wiping us off the face of the planet, like how many people have said. You know, God is not finished dealing with his people as a people. He has not cast away his people forever. He promised her a great land. And why doesn't she enjoy it now? Because of disobedience and rejecting the Messiah when he was here. Um, but that land is still theirs. And one day, after those who are disobedient are removed, at the last minute they would be removed during the Great Tribulation, she will have that land. And that is the Messianic Kingdom or the Millennium where Jesus will reign for a thousand years. So that is what we put together for you, the three of us, Jacques, Isaac, and Sharon and me, and I hope that was helpful to you. And um, just a quick reminder, ladies, if you are free tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, you can come hear me talk about um, the Book of Numbers. Uh, the ladies, uh, when I did the same study yesterday, they loved it. So if you're interested, you're anywhere close to Mililani from 9 to 11, 11.30, you're welcome to come. Um, always mentioned, Arnold said, just say what I say. So if you remember what Arnold said, try and remember that. Because I, I try to, but uh, I do my best. So I talk about Ariel Ministries around the world, in China, and in India, and in Hungary, and Germany, and Israel, and the U.S., and Canada. I think I got them all. And um, that I live by faith, and uh, that I live off of gifts that come from individuals like you and congregations like yours. And if you would like to share in my support, there's a way to do it by tearing off the um, flap here and uh, writing your name so we can send you a uh, receipt next February. And if you'd like to get the reports of our knock and talk, our door-to-door -door evangelism, I'm not going to go into detail what we do, but we've given out over 2,000 Bibles right old and new into Jewish homes, Montreal, and they're exciting stories. And unless it's colder than Five degrees Fahrenheit, we still go. And uh, so that sign-up sheet is uh, on the little table there. You can sign up for that. And um, if you would like your gift to go to me, there's a way to mark it here, or to the REL General Fund, there's a way to mark that too. And there are envelopes in a blue box if you'd like to do that. I have the, um, they didn't bring the envelopes, I forgot, that have the um, ministry's address. Please note on the back, if you were not here last week, I'm not going to go over all this, but if you'd like to connect through Facebook or um, YouTube and you don't know how to do that, to see our congregation and our worship live, um, pick up one of these and you can find out how to do that on the back. So we'll talk about that. Thank you.